to episode 226 of the Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck and I am your host and guide through this podcast. And once again, just want to say thank you for everyone who's been checking out the last couple of episodes. It's been pretty rad. Um, and as I said last time, I'm feeling reinvigorated, re vitalized re whatever you want to say about doing this show which is really really cool and this week's episode is no different um as mentioned on last week's as i was recording things went to a couple of other really rad shows this week well last week now so one step closer magnitude magnitude fucking ripped i've got to be completely honest the dude from one step closer's voice sounded a little strained i know they've been on tour for a pretty long time so that could have been a factor um but it was all about magnitude for me um and then i went and saw scowl which was fucking amazing um second time i've seen them this year um they played thecla here in bristol and that was fucking sick but the main highlight of my week was going up to London to see a dear friend from across the pond, uh, Jeremy, who plays in the band Machinist and is also one of the co-hosts of the Deskography uh, podcast. Um, him and his partner Savannah came over to the UK and we got to hang out in London. Um, and that, it was just fucking sick because like, I've been chatting to, to Jeremy for a little while. We became like friends over the pandemic and stuff. So it was nice to actually meet face to face, hang out a little bit in London and do some cool things. So make friends from different countries, go visit them. It's a fucking sick thing to do. And it just goes to show how wonderful this community of punk and hardcore really is. And speaking of which leads me on nicely to this week's guest, who is someone else who I've met through the wonderful world of UK hardcore, uh, is the vocalist of Going Off, Mr. Jake Huxley. Uh, I met Jake a couple of months ago now when Going Off played Repentfest, and I'd we'd get to, into it in the chat, but I'd, I'd seen the name, I'd listened to the records, but seeing them live like was a completely different experience, and I was blown away. Uh, I took photos of them and then we got chatting and subsequently become friends and Jake was kind enough to to give some time to do this show Uh, so we get into sort of Jake's influences and how he kind of like as a as a vocalist his sort of um, method and how like he's kind of inspired by vocalists who he likes to dig delve into into their lyrics and sort of like the meaning behind it we talk about Jake's love of of horror uh, and we also sort of address some of the issues that are going off uh, talking about, one of which being a, a sort of a through line of mental health and how sort of being in going off it is Jake's outlet and how that kind of really is a is a visceral sort of thing for him and, and how he kind of channels sort of his aggression and emotions into the band and obviously so, so much more. So um they have a new single which is going to be out this friday there's a teaser already out but we get on into the talks of, of church road as well so the uh the new record which is going to be out early next year is or i like already is i think is going to be one of the records of the year i'm tipping that off already but yeah please sit back enjoy the J- the jake i have with the chat chat i have with jake uh and i'll see you on the other side Can you hear me? I can now, yeah. All right, sweet. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? 
I'm all right. Sorry, I'm just my phone's fucking going wild because the outbreak shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've literally just been looking at the lineup. I'm trying. So trapped under. I've seen trapped under ice. Fucking Denzel Curry, which is wild. There's loads of good people on it. Okay, if it keeps flashing up, so you can say Converge, Code Orange, Earl Sweatshirt, Trapped Under Ice, Little Ugly Name, Gel, fucking hell, yeah. It's 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 stacked. Oh, fucking Speed! Oh. Yeah, Speed, Spy, uh, wait, I need to message my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good lineup. This is the thing, so like, my, um, my friend messaged me like this morning, obviously, when they put up like the teaser. Yeah, yeah. And then they posted on fucking social media like a title fight song. And I was like, don't you fucking dare. Like, it can't yeah. be. And they were like, no, it is. So it's clearly not, but that's still a fucking yeah. sick lineup. I mean, maybe there'll be more to They'll probably announce more, won't they? But that yeah. is silly, Bella. That is, yeah, that's insane. But, I didn't expect so much like hip, not like hip, yeah, like hip hop kind of stuff. Yeah, but, I think that that's kind of the thing. Like, I guess it has to go could, in a direction. Where yeah, and this blends. is what like we were like me and my mates were saying like on the drive home from last year, like because obviously they announced that it was a bigger venue, mm-hmm. so we were like, like, what are they going to do to make it bigger? But that's obviously it. It's like that cross. It makes sense. Yeah, they, they're going to have it's going to be so so busy. Have you seen the depot Mayfield? No, I've never been there. It's I've not been myself, but it's right next to Piccadilly Station in Manchester, and it, it's like they put a thing called Warehouse Projects on there, and it's just like busy. It would be really? it would be packed. It would be it, it's it's like a ten thousand capacity venue. Yeah, yeah. So you, it'd be one of those like you'll be able to see the band from a from a distance probably, <laughs> but it. Yeah. It's it's in the city at least. It's not out at Bowler's exhibition, which is so uh, that was re- that was a bit awkward to get to and from. That was the thing. Like I was a bit sneaky, so like we we were staying in the city, but um, I ended up like driving to and from like each day. Yeah. And like the, I don't know how I got away with it, but the first day, like no security stopped me, so I literally parked down that road. No, oh, that's that's ace. <laughs> but then like the next. The next day they kind of stopped me, so I had to go like a little bit. It was only like it was literally around the corner, so it wasn't like far at all. Yeah. But anyway, we'll go we're still going about our break. Thank you very much for <laughs> taking time to do this. Really appreciate it. Um no, don't be silly. Thank you for asking. But how's how's everything with you? Like obviously going off stuff's been really sort of like buzzing at the moment and obviously mm-hmm. announcing the signing to to Church Road. So is everything kind of like all systems go in your world at the moment? Um, I think behind the scenes, it's been all systems go for for as long as I can remember now, really. I think once we came out of lockdown and we started playing shows, that was when it was really all systems go. Once we started playing shows, it was like, this, it we've not really stopped since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, the album really has been done for a while. Obviously, like behind behind the scenes, again, it's... So like we're putting a lot of work behind that. Kind of didn't really speak about doing it too much because I knew I wanted to shop around and try and get us on, well, you know, as, as best a label as I could mm. to get to get it out on. Um, and then originally, church were like, it's not going to be out until like next July, 
So we were like, wow, like, you know, that's that's quite a while to wait. So truth be told, we thought it was going to be even longer. But thankfully, I say thankfully, I feel pretty bad. There was a band that had to wait to get their masters back for something. Right. So we got bumped, we got bumped up, basically. They were like, do you want to do it in February instead of July? Like, yeah, of course we do. Like, yeah, we yeah. That. For us, really, like, we'd get the music out there as soon as possible. We like to, like, record things, and get it out, but... I think obviously, realistically, with the amount of work we are putting in, it's better for it to be on a better platform, you know, hopefully like reach more people. And obviously through Church Road, that will hopefully be achieved. Yeah, yeah. We'll get on to like the prolificness of, of you guys in, in a little bit. But how I kind of like always kind of open up these conversations, start them off is just to sort of like ask, like, what kind of like first got you into like punk and alternative music? Like what was your kind of gateway into that sort of scene? I think for me personally, in about high school, I, I was a big emo. I was a huge emo yeah, kid. Yeah. So like, you know, so I was always in my emotions, and I was always listening to things like Mike M and Mike like Panic at the Disco and all that stuff. And then I, I think over time, as I got older, as my music taste matured, I found myself listening to heavier and heavier and heavier stuff. No one around me was really. I mean, no one really showed me heavy music. I, I guess I kind of just started finding it more online. And then I found friends and started a band back in where I'm from, Blackpool. And then the heavier music just got heavier. And the, I guess like the subgenres got more niche. Yeah. And, as, as, and again, as I've between my 20s to like now nearly being 30, I've just... It's just been like, I guess like the internet's helped massively for finding so many, you know, like hearing of an artist and then seeing someone else share something similar and blah, blah, blah. But um, just just literally growing up, I just found myself listening to more and more alternative stuff and then my mm. taste just kind of got, I don't know. I've always been a bit, a bit of an angsty taste in, in music. You know, I've always found that I listen to things that are a bit more abrasive, whereas people go back, this isn't really easy listening <laughs> I can, yeah. I, for me it might it might be kind of easy listening so it's i've always been a kind of like uh one to just put on heavy music whenever like that's that's my go-to i want to listen to punky things i want to listen to hardcore i want to listen to black metal like i've always i always find myself listening to alternative music more than anything else yeah i, I think like i'm very similar so i think people find it especially like because where like I'm straight edge, I'm always like the designated driver of everything. Yeah, and like my quote unquote like chill music will be something like fucking Marauder or something like yeah. that. So it's, like... it's, it's your unwinding music. Yeah, yeah. But like, so you, you said that obviously, like it started off with like the whole like Mike Hem and, and Panic at the yeah. Disco sort of thing, and you said like p there wasn't really anyone that was showing you, I guess, the the more kind of like heavier stuff but was there someone that kind of introduced you to like that the emo stuff or again was it just sort of something that you fell into i think i think it more so was again i mean i'm talking about an age where it's like i was on msn messenger all the time in high school yeah. and, and bebo was a thing and again it would have been my taste like in style my aesthetic at the time and everything like i would have LimeWire was a huge thing where I was always down, I was always downloading songs. Yeah, yeah. And then like finding things through that. There were there were definitely friends that once I got started mingling with crowds that were listening to alternative music, even in high school, that's where people would put me onto 
things like like bring me the horizon count your blessings yeah um was one of the first time i remember a friend showed me that like it'd be again it'd be like going over to sleepovers and friends in high school like oh have you heard this band like oh bloody hell and then the first the first time i heard count your blessings i was like what the hell is that like yeah i never yeah. heard i never heard like harsh vocals like that. i was like what the hell is are we listening to and then I think again over. T- I feel like with abrasive music, like like screaming in any sense, you kind of like a bit like well, it just sounds like noise at first. And then the more you listen to it, the more you start to pick it apart. Yeah, I found myself. I found myself doing that. But it, it would have been a lot of friends and stuff in high school. People I was hanging around with. More people I started hanging around with once I started getting into playing music more. You know, it's you start networking more with people who show you things and then you find something else you like in the same vein. But uh, I've always been on this trajectory of being, going, you know, heavier and heavier and heavier, I think. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think like, it sounds like we were very kind of similar. Like I had like my older brother, like showing me stuff. And I've, I've told yeah. this like many a time that like, whatever he was listening to was kind of like my gateway, but then I'd find of like splinter off and listen to certain bands mm-hmm from that but like in comparison my brother went like very abrasive like he was very like into like converge and botch and stuff like from yeah from an earlier age whereas i was more like listening to like under oath and from first to last and things like that and then but then it gradually obviously kind of went the way of of the heavier stuff and and things like Mm. that so i think it is obviously like not for everyone but for a lot of people it is that natural progression yeah, I mean, how old? How 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 much older is your brother? So four years. Four years. I mean, all the years make a difference, don't they? And I think yeah. I think it's not that I think um, I specifically find myself going always too heavy music. I just think the older I get, the more I can appreciate the really extreme to the serene kind of like you know the 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 spectrum of heavy music to say they were heavy music like this is so many subgenres underneath and i think as i've got older especially especially since playing with going off and getting a lot more into the punk side of things and the hardcore punk side of it i'm just i just enjoy alternative music from all walks of life you know yeah. there's so much there's so like uh, even when i'm working i work as a chef and the other guy that i work with the other chef he, he's into punk music and again it's, it's something like, even in my day-to-day like in work life I have a friend who's showing me, oh, have you heard this punk band? Have you heard? And it's always like this ridiculous, the most ridiculous names. It's like, have you heard of these guys? It's like, no, I haven't. Please put them on. And <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, even now I'm finding so much music every single day. Like, there's so much to be discovered out there, isn't it? And yeah. I think as people, as I, I gather with yourself, like people that clearly appreciate this style of music, it's, it's so nice to constantly be introduced to more and more stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, again, like I've, I'm constantly on that search for like new stuff mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And it's quite funny. Like I've got a list on my phone. I do it every year of yeah. like new records that I've listened to that year, not necessarily the new bands, but like records that have come out that yeah, year. Yeah. That like, you've heard for the to. first time. And um, I showed it to like a friend of mine at work. Who's like, they're not into like punk or anything at all, but we like bonded over like the new Taylor Swift record. Yeah. And um she was like, Oh yeah, I don't really like listen to like that much new music. So this was a cool record to listen to. And I showed her the list and she was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm really into music, sorry. Yeah. And of all genres. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. I think that's that's the best way to enjoy music, you know, to be able to appreciate any genre, any music. 
you know, there's so much talent to be had in in all these different genres. Uh, and I, I like to think, you know, if I had more of a setup, um, like a music setup at home, I'd like to think that realistically, I'd love to explore creating music of all different genres as well. Yeah. You know, I've always performed in heavier bands, but I'm, I've, I mean, I've, at home, I play acoustic guitar to myself and stuff. You know, I like to mm. write, you know, and I like to... I'd love to experiment making all sorts of different music because I, I do appreciate so 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 much different different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's and the best way to be. It is indeed, and you kind of touched upon it there. Like obviously, like you say, like playing acoustic guitar and stuff. But obviously, I know you as the vocalist of Going Off. Probably people who will listen to that that'll be like their reason for sort of like knowing you. Yeah, but like, of course. Obviously, what was your kind of end then, like, and started, like, actually actively, like, playing music? Like, was guitar your your first thing? Yeah. Or did you pick up other instruments to start with? So, no, when I was when I was in primary school, I played the trumpet. Nice. Um, yeah, and, and, and I knocked it on the head eventually because I was like, I need to play something cooler. <laughs> I, need <to> play some, <laughs> I need to play something. No, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to learn guitar for, from primary school, but they didn't do lessons in primary school. And then I got to high school. And then we had guitar lessons available. And so I started learning acoustic guitar. And the guitar teacher in high school was a, he was like an old guy. And he would do, there'd be like 20 minute guitar lessons. Five minutes would be showing you a chord. And then the other 15 minutes would be this guitar teacher just telling you a story from his past. So we didn't really okay. ever learn much. Yeah. So we just played acoustic, like we played chords. And then obviously I practiced guitar. A, a bit outside of there and and originally i'd never done any vocals ever um and then i got to college and i, I was doing music production i studied music production and we had to do a 12 track recording and we had to like record drum you know some percussion some guitar try and record a full song we had to try and get a session musician to come into the studio and record vocals right some singing and I couldn't be bothered trying to find anybody else to record <laughs> because I was like, I can't really, I don't want to work on someone else's schedule. So I was like, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try to do some singing. And then from there, I had friends in college that were like, oh, you know, you could, you could give this a go. And then one thing led to another. Someone was in a band and they were kicking their vocalist out. Like, do you want to try doing vocals in a band and I was like I'd always saw myself playing instruments I always saw myself like getting in playing guitar I was like yeah fuck it now I'll, I'll give it a go and that was that would be like 2011 2012 and then I've not really looked back like yeah. since then I've just I've just kind of I started off just trying to do clean vocals and then I was in a band with a guy that was doing screaming and he was I was like trying to you know show me how you do that and then since then I've kind of been in I've been in about three or four bands over the years uh, and I will transition just to like mainly doing heavy vocals until yeah. now where it's just like, yeah, that's the thing. Like I wouldn't dream of, I, I, I can write, I, I, you know, I pick up the guitar sometimes and I'll work with Ben uh, going off guitarist and, you know, I might help him with a riff here and there or say like, Oh, maybe try doing this in a breakdown. Yeah. But other than, other than that. Yeah. I, I, I fell into it just purely by giving it a go. Yeah, yeah. Kind of just just rolling with it, just running with it, really, and never looking back. So, have you ever played like guitar or anything in a band or anything, or has it just kind of been like more casual sort of stuff? Uh, yeah, 
very casual, very casual. Yeah. There's been a, there's been a, been a few failed attempts of me trying to do like an open mic night where I play play guitar and sing, and I it's it's bizarre really. If I'm stood with a band, uh, you know I don't have a care in the world. But as soon yeah. as it's just me, just me and a guitar and a microphone. I, I'm shitting bricks. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> just hor- horrible. So um, yeah, literally, I've never, I've never played guitar in a band. There was talks of it in college, but I ended up doing vocals. And like, it's even now, I don't think I, it would take a lot of practice for me to be tight enough to play. Yeah, you know, yeah. Play a live set, and I think I'm, I'm a front man, really. Yeah, and yeah. That's where, that's where I'll stay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Um. And like, obviously, we'll kind of get on to, to your sort of presence and stuff on, on stage in a, in a little bit. But mm. I think like before, like we started this, obviously, I asked you like a couple of questions about your influences. And one of the things that you said was like performance was kind of a big thing. So mm-hmm. when you kind of like, I guess, were discovering bands and sort of like younger, like going to, to gigs and things like that. Was that a, a thing that like really pulled you in? Was that kind of live experience? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think um, what I enjoy seeing and what I've always enjoyed seeing and then what I've kind of like vicariously like put into my, what I've lived, you know, what I kind of put out in my, in the same, in my own way is like watching performances and seeing things that I've enjoyed and kind of, I guess over the years you download little bits of different personalities that you've seen live or you think, yeah. like, wow, I, I really liked that. Um, I wonder if I could like put my own spin on something and it's been years and years and years of really I think I've always enjoyed like I, I said in, in the questions I answered like I've always enjoyed horror and I've always enjoyed um, like so horror performances and then I, uh, the high school I went to was a performing arts high school I've always liked things like performing arts and like the creative side of life yeah. so I think first ever concert I went to was Slipknot, children, children of Badom and Machine Head. That was the first like. Oh, what a lineup! Yeah, I was only. It was. I think I was in year eight or year nine, and I was seated at the back of Emian Arena, and I, I don't think I've ever banged my head so hard in my entire <laughs> life. And from there, uh, yeah, I think I think once I started going to gigs, I found a massive, you know, huge, bigger, even bigger appreciation for live shows and mu- music in general. I think. I prefer experiencing music live. Mm. You know, I, I I love listening to music any point uh, throughout the day, but I think when um, when you listen to something and it's actually elevated live, or yeah. you know, they they at least they at least do it justice. I think that's fantastic, and I think it's even more exciting when, especially again, like being in the kind of genre, like the genre of going off is like the live experience. I think tops what you listen to because it's about the energy mm. and it's about the it's the feeling you know like music i feel like you know provokes a lot of emotions in people and like with heavy music i think heavy music's always been an outlet for me to uh get out aggression or upsets or frustrations and like whether it be listening to it or seeing it live you know there's a catharsis in that so performance performance has always been a big part to me no you know and i know that it is at the end of the day it's, it's a lot of act but i think there is a performance element to a lot of these artists in this in this genre you know, mm. they have, yeah i think it's more exciting when there's a bit of a performance to it because you, you put it on a show you know you want to give people something to watch yeah and i know i definitely agree and i think like 
especially you know nowadays of the like the age of the internet if you've got like like for instance like like hate five six or like Daitan over here and stuff like that yeah and you see these videos of these bands and you think oh they look amazing live Mm-hmm. And then, but then, if you were to go and see them, and it wasn't the same experience, you'd be a little bit disappointed, wouldn't you? So, absolutely, yeah. So I think there is absolutely. that kind of like, as you say, people may not be willing to openly admit, it, but there is definitely, especially like in hardcore and stuff, there's definitely like mm-hmm. a performative element to it. Yeah, because I, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say like, as so I went and saw um, One Step Closer and Magnitude like the other night, and like okay it's not like overly performative but like you know like there's certain points in the song when you know they're going to fucking yeah. do jumps there's certain points when you know there's going to be like, a breakdown it's and it's so, yeah. yeah yeah even the swagger of some people on stage like even even if it's you can't you wouldn't necessarily call it a performance but the way some people hold themselves or compose themselves like some vocalists give it just you know they just give attitude some some of them just look like badasses like yeah there's it, it's still meticulously thought out i think i think there's still an air of it being like you know obviously people want to present themselves in a certain way and i just want to present myself as like a nutter i guess like i just want to <laughs> <you know, laughs> i um for me it's the energy you know where some, some people don't, don't give it the energy but that's the thing i i know going off since we started playing live that's been what helped us rise and i think it's been it's carried that's carried on through any band i've been in we've started building names for ourselves by smashing the live performance yeah you know? so it's good it's good to have the music recorded and you think yeah the songs are great but if you kill it live then that's the thing people are like wow have you heard about this band like you you should go and see them live it's a really good show mm. and, you know and that and, and it's, it's it's really rewarding when you know you put your heart and soul into that and people go like wow that was just a joy to watch from start to finish you look like you're having a great time but yeah i think like you say like there's a lot of shows even if it's not as um theatrical there is still a lot of performance in it you know like i said and like you say there's still like almost like a routine it's like here comes here comes the beat down yeah yeah, thing, yeah. Like, People have still got their go-to moves and whatnot. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then, like, for you, obviously, like, as you say, that first show is quite, like, a grand show. So, like, Slipknot, uh, Machine Head and Children of yeah. But, like, I guess the more kind of, like, sort of DIY, maybe, like, or, like, just smaller shows, was there a show that kind of sticks out in the memory for you where you kind of saw it and you were like, Oh no, that is something that I could potentially be doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I got into, I think I think it would have been as I started university. I got into there was a there was Ghost Fest. Do you ever remember Ghost? Oh Fest? shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So was, there was gigs like Ghost Fest that was going on in Leeds, and there was also a venue in Leeds called the Well. And I remember going to a show called Hell in the Well, and it had Brutality Will Prevail headlining. And like Martyr Defiled, Demoralizer, Desolated. And there were all these like bigger UK like, heavy bands of the time that I was watching. And I and again there were more like independent shows, DIY shows. Uh, but they were they were just amazing. Like uh, the moshing was crazy, the hype around these bands was crazy at the time. Um and there was a band called Heights. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was massively, massively into Heights and uh, there's a picture I've still got on my Facebook of like I think it was like one of the first times I crowd surfed 
and there's a picture of me crowd surfing to heights and i, I had it as my uh facebook like banner for ages because yeah, yeah. i'm so proud of her so i look like i'm having an absolute time <laughs> um and i remember as well as the band notes noticed me like singing all the words back and they were hyped that i was like i was so into the music yeah. and they were dead nice they were dead nice to me i split my head open crowd surfing for them uh when a security there was no security to catch me and they were like they're like, oh, you, you know, you could, it was just, they, they, because it was such an intimate show, you were getting to interact with these band members as well. And yeah. like, you realize that everyone, you know, they're all so down to earth. And it's like, they're getting such enjoyment out of, like I do now, it's like the same thing. They were getting such enjoyment out of the fact that people were just loving what they were doing and like bringing the energy and such. So the things like Ghost Fest and stuff, as I started to get older, like those kind of shows, there were there were shows going on in Blackpool where I was where I grew up. Like there was promoters putting on heavy shows there. This was the do you remember like a band called Life Ruiner? From yeah, yeah. Canada. Yeah. yeah, Life Ruiner came through Blackpool or something. It it was just really it was it's kind of funny to look back because now Blackpool has no heavy music scene really. But at the time, all these bands traveled to Blackpool, which is just like a I don't know if you've ever been to Blackpool. But... I, I haven't. No. No, don't rush. Don't don't rush yourself to go. <laughs> but it's a big tourist destination. It, it, it's funny. It's a good day out, but it's funny to me that all these bands went to Blackpool and their time in England. But yeah, there was a lot of... The, the scene was quite rife in Blackpool when I was growing up, which I, did me a lot of favours because there was a lot of shows that I got to see that probably a lot of people wouldn't have got to see. Yeah, yeah. So then in terms of like... I guess you're sort of like, as you said, like you started playing guitar, but then kind of were doing a bit of vocals through necessity in, in the uni course, but then actually yeah. had the opportunity to kind of do it in bands. So what would you kind of say was like the first like quote unquote proper band that you were a part of? Um, so the college band they start we started doing really well as a band called he who dares and we it was me as a clean singer and another vocal we, we were one of those bands that had six members so yeah, i was yeah. a clean vocalist and i'd do a few layers and then we had a heavy vocalist and then some of those members split off to become boston manor oh okay uh, yeah, yeah. So some of those members, they, they we, we we disbanded, and they were like, "We're going to start writing like more like pop punk or like punk alternative kind of stuff." So that they became Boston Manor, and the rest of us kind of just you know dispersed into the wild. I um, then joined a band, which was this before or after? There was a band called Embrace the Tide, which were okay. from Milton Milton Keynes, and they hit me up online. And messaged me saying, "Do you want to try out to do something?" So the the college one, not so much, but that was we definitely we played a lot of live shows. Like we tried to take it semi seriously. We we recorded a couple of EPs, but we were still super young. Um, I think when it got more serious was when I did embrace the tide because we actually did like week long tours. You know, yeah. we, we we actually travelled the UK. And then I had another band in Manchester back in 2015, 16 called Heritage. And that was just like heavy metal core. And again, I moved to Manchester to be closer to the band and we were recording EPs and we did a tour around Europe. So um, 
even from the get-go realistically i was never in a band where we weren't actually trying to play live or like record stuff i've always been in bands where it was we were actually tracking and trying to take it semi-seriously but going off has been the first band really where it's been the five of us no changes i joined from the get-go some of the guys really knew each other but for the most part a lot of us like you know just kind of formed this band yeah and everyone's been in everyone from their own individual walks of life has been in enough bands to know how to take it seriously we put in all the work out around our work it's been it's going off to me the first time i've been like yeah these guys i'm with everyone's got like the, the same mindset and it gives the same kind of energy in making it as the most it can be really yeah yeah, yeah. so you said obviously you said in that college band you were doing like the clean vocals so when you went into embrace the tide were you still doing clean vocals at that point yeah it, it, there was a point where i joined where there's a gentleman called philip strand he's now the vocalist of normandy uh, oh okay who, yeah so he was in embrace the tide with me and he was a clean voc he was actually the clean vocalist and screamer and i joined embrace the tide mainly as a screamer which was my right. first time that was my first time being like shit like I've, I've kind of gone from trying to sing to now trying to scream and i'm not very <laughs> yeah. good at it. not very good at either really um but embrace the tide was where i kind of thought right well they asked me to do it i was like okay i've got to give it again gotta give it a go the transition from doing cleans in he who dares and then being asked to do heavy vocals and embrace the tide was where i really started actually learning what was comfortable you know the fact i needed to warm up the fact that uh i was damaging my voice probably for a lot of years in my yeah throughout college because i was never really warming up or doing it properly and then eventually, as time went on, in Heritage, there was a, a guy who's done vocals quite a while. He he gave me a few coaching lessons, and I watched like the Zen of Screaming. Have you heard of the Zen of Scream? Yeah, yeah. It's Melissa Cross, like this uh, American lady who's like taught a lot of people. But I really started taking it seriously more so in like Embrace the Tide. So like, so like, so like around when I was in college, it was like right, I need to start trying to make my voice good. You know, yeah, and make yeah. it so that make it so that I can do several shows in a row and, and not blow my voice. Yeah. Which I've done far too many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that like in my like old bands, this is this is going back quite a few years now. But yeah. like I I was the same. Like I was I think it's like very much just like, oh yeah, like I know how to do it, like very blase. And I remember like mm-hmm. walking into like my day job, like after like a weekend or something, just being like, uh, uh, just like oh, yeah. not being able to talk. And they're like, what the fuck like, have you been up to? <laughs> He's like, you don't want to know. Sounds like you smoked a 20 deck yeah. in one day. Yeah. 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 Been a lot of shows where the thing is over the years as well is as when I was younger, I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't take the vocal preservation as seriously as well. So I would drink a lot and, you know, or smoke and, and it's like, whereas now like, I'm on water and I'm warming up and I'm yeah. taking and taking care. Like, yeah, I, I want to, I know that the vocal performance as well as an actual visual performance, it's drilled into me now from a lot of other members as well. It's just like the vocals really are the most important thing. You know, you people, not only are they watching, but they're mainly there to listen. And if I'm, if you're like, not doing good vocals or if you're dropping lines because you're running around like a lunatic too much it doesn't sound as good when you watch it but yeah like, yeah 
you, you want your vocals to be good. So now it's like, for me, taking care of my voice is, is a priority. Mm. Yeah. And because, obviously, again, we'll get into like the the sort of stuff that you're writing-wise with mm-hmm. going off in a moment. But I just kind of wanted to pick up on that point of like, as you're saying, like what people are kind of listening to and stuff. So for you, like, I guess like maybe like partly growing up, but also just a, a sort of as you got older and started like doing vocals yourself yeah has that always been something that you've kind of attuned to when you're like listening to music like has vocals always been something that you've kind of been drawn to or is it like just other other aspects of it i think realistically the more obviously the more active i become the more active i've become as a vocalist i think it's my first go-to it is especially if, if it's a band I really like for whatever record, especially if it's a vocalist I really like, I will pick apart the lyrics, yeah, the the rhythm. Even if I can't fully understand, you know, there's, there are still bands again, like audibly. Like I listen to Full of Hell, and I don't have a fucking clue what he's saying most <laughs> yeah. of the time. So I'm always relying on the lyrics, and then for me, then obviously, like there's a process of sometimes it's almost like you read them to learn them, so you actually you remember what they're saying. And then I remember there's been times I've been like, I'd show someone a song and they'd be like, I can't understand a word. I'd be like, and I'd be like, then I'd start like almost like translating it for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I've had to learn it by looking and reading it. It makes you, makes you read it. And also for me, I enjoy, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I do go and pick apart other aspects of songs. Even down to, a lot of of the times I'm listening to drums, but I think that also lends to being a vocalist because I write to the rhythm of, yeah, yeah. You know, like half our drummer, I'm always kind of right, not only to the melody, but the rhythm of the drums can really affect my vocal patterns. Mm. Um, but I will, if, yeah, I, I, I like to get the lyrics up. I like to read what they're about. And then I like to kind of, quite often I'll listen to a song even a few times to kind of get the actual feel because for, quite often as well in this genre, those are, vocal performance or you get albums where they kind of the songs kind of flow into each other so it's like a full piece you know and i I enjoy that as well because i feel like you get the whole again like you'll stick an album on and if you're going to start to finish you're getting yourself in a headspace to experience what the band would try to put across you know in that 20 minutes half an hour or whatever but i will read i will read the lyrics and I, I noticed myself doing it more and more. So as I've as I've done more vocals, I am always yeah picking apart, trying to figure out what whether I can hear what they're saying first of all, mm. then like re- then reading, because again I, I I just like knowing what a song's about, especially you know I like I like to know what it is they're getting mad about. You really yeah yeah. yeah. I think the thing because I think like I again more so when I was younger because you obviously like had CDs and you had like the little booklets and everything but I was very mm-hmm. much like that would be the thing I'd have, put the CD on I'd read the, the lyrics along yeah. sort of thing. and I think I've I've kind of lost that a little bit like in the digital yeah. age a bit but I'm still like because I, I, I have no like musical talent as in like traditionally like I can't play any instrument or anything like that yeah so I've always been drawn to to vocals and and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think I'm very similar. It's like I'll listen to it and I'll try and like just see if I can pick it up from from ear. But yeah, there will be times yeah. when I'm like, 
okay no i I really want to know what what they're saying yeah what are they saying yeah it's even worse when it's a very niche band that nobody else has uploaded the lyrics for ages you have to wait you have to (laughs) wait for a physical release where they print the booklet like right now and which was i think i think when gulch released uh impenetrable cerebral fortress for so long I was waiting and I remember I remember specifically looking online every few weeks being like they must be up now someone yeah. must have posted the lyric and they weren't on praise and it was frustrating me because I knew I was singing along but saying the wrong thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so often people do don't they they're just like oh I'll say what I think it says and you know it's nonsense but you do it anyway um so in bands that you've been in have you always been vocalist have you wrote yeah. lyrics and whatnot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. are you active are you active in any bands at the moment uh literally just started one so because oh, nice. so, so I, I i moved to bristol uh last august nice. um and have kind of like been sort of putting feelers out for for a little while yeah. i um, can imagine it's hard i can imagine it's hard when you move somewhere like again i, I moved to manchester in january but i was already in going off Right. I imagine it's hard to move. I imagine it's hard to move somewhere and be like, right, how? Do, where do I start in trying to network here? Like, other this than going the, to shows, that's the thing. Like, I kind of because like, one of the main reasons I moved here was because like my main basis of friends was here anyway. Amazing. So I I had that network, but like that network were already in about seven bands and things right. like that yeah. already. So <laughs> I like so good. thankfully our guitarist was like. Uh, I so he's his like background is more like math rock and like indie, yeah. but he was like I want to write like more heavier stuff, and basically we like the guy who's drumming for us. We were like, oh, he's already in like three other bands. Will he want to do it? And we turned to him. He's like, yeah, I want to do a hardcore band. Cool. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a there's a drummer from Manchester. Uh, he's in a band called Bruise Control, and I think I swear he's in like four or five other bands. And uh, I don't know. There's, there's just something about some musicians that just like they love being in so many different bands. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you, how they have the time for it. I have no idea. No, but, me neither. But we need people like that. So <laughs> yeah, you need definitely. them. But um, so then if before I because touch upon like what going offs doing and stuff. The other like thing I always ask people about is sort of like their other influences and things that they pull into, and you you kind of alluded to it a little bit already, but it's your love of like horror and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. where, where did that kind of interest come from? Um, truth be told, I, I, I don't know. I just know that since being, since being young, I've always been a fan of like the bizarre or the weird, or again, I was the edgy emo kid who loved like, I always loved the villain in a movie or something yeah. and it's like I, you know in, in a weird in a weird way and I, and I guess it's again it could be could be um play a part in like my mental health over the years and whatnot but I've always I've always again just enjoyed good scares good horror movies like and I've always found that it's a good again it's just like almost a release like I I, I like to think that I'm a lovely person and all my aggressions or all my like all these negative, any negativity can be put out by like watching these mad things or like, mm. you know, enjoy, enjoying like, enjoying like the dark or weird side of life. You know, I've always kind of had a taste of the macabre or, you know, liked like darker things, even down to like artwork and such. Like, and I think, um, dark things have always been a, a, a cathartic release for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, um, 
And I've always just had like a bit of a, like I said, a bit of a morbid gothic kind of taste. Like <laughs> yeah. it and then again, it's, it plays out in like a lot of the bands I listen to. Even now in Going Off, I think I would listen to more like black metal and noise and things like that. And like Portrayal of Guilt, like one of my favourite, favourite yeah. bands. And like Matt King's lyrics are just so, again, quite often even down to like portrayal of girls music videos usually it's like a horror movie like, yeah and, yeah and the, the lyrics are kind of like a horror movie and i think like i think for me i've started to, even with subconsciously I, I think i've started to accept the fact that i write i write about horrible things in life maybe in a horrible way because you know it's like how i'm processing i say feel or think about things and if i can feel gross because when i'm performing it you know if I, I feel like i feel that energy it kind of becomes this whole, you know, it becomes a full picture for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, always, always kind of from a very, very early age, liked horror stuff. And, mm. and I've just, again, it's blossomed into something that's a bit more mature. Like I'm not, I don't walk around constantly like dressed always in black and, and whatnot. Like I'm not, but, but, I think it's plain to see. Like, and I, and I don't shy away from the fact that horror is, I'm like an avid horror fan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, what would you say are your your top three? Top three horrors. Yeah. Uh, I bloody love Hereditary. I do. Yeah. I really, really. I have a special place in my heart for Hereditary. Um, the Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and Hellraiser, the original Hellraiser. Nice. Got to be just, just insane. A lot of a lot of movies like eighties horrors. Uh, again, part of being and going off that's so fantastic is uh, three out of the five of us absolutely love horror movies. So it's it's not I'm not alone yeah, in the yeah. joy of horror. Like it's I, I have I now have like Hef and, and Nate especially they just absolutely they live for movies and they live for horror movies. So we're a band made of people that really enjoy these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. You mentioned Her- Hereditary, and I remember mm. like when I last saw you guys at the Sheer Terror show, you had a fucking really sick Hereditary T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. My, and uh, I was like, oh, cool. And then you fucking took it off before you played. I was like, damn it! <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm always, too, I'm always too warm when I play. No, that shirt. Wait, there. No, let me go and get it. it. It's nuts. You need to see the back properly. One second. Where is it? Um, where is it? Uh, there we go. Right, you can properly appreciate this now. So, it's the scene. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the back of it's fantastic. Because I was thinking, because that's what like caught my eye. Because the back looks like a fucking like a festival flyer sort of thing. Yeah, it's, like it's so show. good. Yeah, so my girlfriend got me this. It's um, a place called Online Ceramics. They occasionally do merch uh, with some A twenty four horror movies. So they recently did like Pearl. They've done stuff with the Lighthouse. Do you ever see the movie Saint Maud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a fantastic Saint Maud uh, jumper by the same thing. It's got like an embroidery patch uh yeah like it's, it's it's um 
Lauren describes it as like the supreme of uh, movie, <laughs> movie merch. It's like, you know, these niche, these niche kind of tops that they, they make once and then kind of like people will pay a ridiculous amount of money for because they don't print them again. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like it's easily my favourite top that I, I, I do my best to not wash it too much because I don't want the print on the front. To yeah, like walk, yeah, walk, yeah. But I, I know one day it's going to go, but it'll be well-loved at least. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love again. I I've got a couple of movie themed tops, but uh, between Nate and Alex, they they have a ridiculous amount, a ridiculous amount really? of movie theme. Oh yeah, every time I go to band practice or even when we play a show, Nate, uh, guitarist with long hair, you will more than likely see him either with some shorts on that are from a horror movie or a t-shirt from a horror movie i'm gonna have to try and clock that now then because yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Like, I've hung out with nate and i've never really paid yeah. that much attention it's so. either it's either some old hardcore band or it'll be horror merch he's, he's got loads of horror merch so yeah yeah keep an eye out you'll, you'll spot him next time you see him like yeah there it is yeah he either, like re-an- he's got like some reanimator shorts or he's got loads of long sleeves with ridiculous prints on nice and then, like, I guess in terms of, like, you've kind of, t- again, touched upon it a little bit, but, like, in terms of, like, the the horror stuff kind of, like, influencing, like, your music and, like, the way that you kind of write, obviously, like, mm-hmm. I guess we, we can kind of move into that a little bit now. Like, what you're kind of, like, writing about and singing about is very kind of, like, um, like, very close to you, but it's also very sort of, like, prominent and permanent in what like what everyone's kind of experiencing but as you say like it's yeah. kind of got this like darker undertone to it so mm-hmm. i don't know do you kind of like approach it in that headspace of like i want it to be a bit gross and a bit gory sort of thing mm. i don't think i don't always go go guns blazing being like i've got to make this the grossest thing i've ever put like on paper yeah but i do I think for me, writing process can be weird. Like, there's a couple of songs on the album that are like about positive things. Like, we've got this song out next week called More Love. And that song's about loving yourself more, like, you know, mm. no matter what. And even though it's, a, it's like a, an upbeat, hardcore tune, uh, it was our drummer that challenged me to just be like, let's not write everything negative. Let's like actually have, <laughs> yeah. have, some, let's have some positive messages. Um, which was which was good good practice for me because it made me see that it's like I don't have to put that energy into something always being great and stuff. Yeah. But I do I do find that like for me going off is a great platform to go off about things. Like I don't like to lean into it too much, but that is I feel like you know we do have a almost I've made it like my duty to you know to be outspoken about things or get mad about certain things. And I think I do find that the more I once I start writing about something, if it's something that, you know, does make me feel a certain way or provoke a certain emotion from me, then sometimes it could just be the way that a sentence falls and it's just like that word rhymes with that. How can I get that word to that word? And then yeah. I'm like, oh, and I write something. I'm like, oh, God, I wrote like something gross. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that is pretty gross. But, but you know, I'm going to roll with it. And I think even even now, like, so we're we're working on... We've got eight more tracks, but they're on um, our guitarist, Ben. He bought a baritone guitar, so it's completely different tuning. And our drummer 
thinks it's way too low tuned and way too heavy for it right. to be going up for it to be going up so it may end up just being like a side project release but those lyrics again ben ben and ben kind of briefed me was like these there's no happy tunes in this this is all like even ben said with his guitar writing he was like i was feeling a certain way when i wrote these tunes and he's like and it was an outlet for me and he's like and i want that to be portrayed through this so all these newer lyrics i was writing was quintessential going off but really leaning into just being like they get more gross and they get yeah, more yeah. graphic they they, they they get a bit more graphic and well i think it's some of the best stuff i've done as well okay. and i feel like I feel like just embracing the fact that that's how i write and actually having fun with it as well and you know maybe sometimes allowing it to be a bit tongue-in-cheek as well like you know is it is gross but like again it's part of my performance and stuff as well like you mm. know it's, it, it plays into the nasty feelings i get with doing this music and you know and, and the kind of i i'd like to, i think we are quite heavy you know that yeah. we do have a lot of like sudden slow beat downs and i think um yeah like i say I, it's, it's not that i always just my go-to to be gross but i do just find that it's seems to just appear whilst i'm writing I yeah guess. yeah yeah it's programmed within me to kind of be a little bit a bit, a bit grotesque and like just to kind of go back a little bit in terms of like what you were saying earlier in terms of like the sort of like researching of li like lyrics and and things and mm -hmm. i think like two examples that you pulled up were, are really good ones with like full of hell and and gold sure. and like yeah <clears throat> you can definitely hear those influences in what you're yeah. you're doing mm -hmm. but like so obviously what i'm trying to get at is like with obviously what you're doing in going off only be because like i i've seen you you guys a couple of times live and like obviously asking you the questions and stuff, I know what some of the themes and things that you're talking about are. Mm -hmm. But, like, if I was to just all of a sudden, like, just hand someone a going off EP, no context, no whatever, they wouldn't necessarily know that, but they'd just hear somebody that's got this, like, really yeah. visual screeching voice. So do you, are you kind of, like, mm -hmm. wanting that kind of more ambiguous thing on surface but then when people see it live they get the full story or do you want people to do like what you've done go away and research and dig and things like that i think i think i like the idea of people's look you know kind of digging at the layers of it a, a bit. i do like that because that's i know that that's what i enjoy i know that that's something i take away and i like it when people go away and, and they do don't be wrong i, do, I don't like I want to overcomplicate things i want it to <laughs> yeah, be something yeah. that's i do want it to i do want it to be something that's accessible for everybody but i do think with a lot of the lyrics sometimes like you you people might have to you know like look further into it or interpret things in like their own way and whatever i think it's it's down to that own person's experience some people just listen to you know music and they just want the rhythm and as long as the vocal tone is good, they're not even asked what's being said. But for anybody who is bothered, you know, like I, I make sure now, like I'm always uploading the lyrics onto yeah. the Spotify thing so, so that they play along while they're there because I want, I do want people to read along and be like, oh, so that's what's being said. And then be like, and also just to spark up more conversation. Like, I, I you know, people actually saying like, what's this song? What is this song about? You know, mm. what does this song mean to you? And some stuff. Um, I found for the most part, I'm just, I don't, I don't overthink too much. If I, 
if I write something and I'm like, that fits really well, I really like the rhythm, I really like the flow, and also I get what that song means to me and, and whatnot, and everyone else digs it, then I'm just kind of like, right, box that off, don't overthink it. Because I think if I overanalyze too much, I would end up rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And yeah. I, I think that saps, the, that saps the fun out of it. More so recently, I'm trying to make it a natural process where I, I do get into a headspace and I try and think of a theme or think what starts coming to my mind. And then I think of the rhythm and then I'll start writing and fit into the pattern. And then it just kind of becomes a natural process. Some mm. songs, it's, it's, it's crazy how fast I've blasted them out. Once I get into a flow, Premium Dream, is, is a shining example of I was walking on my way to band practice and I was literally walking. And as I was walking, I thought of the rhythm for this, for the ending bit. And as I was walking, I started saying something to myself. And as I was walking down the street, I was writing this, <laughs> I was writing something and I was, and I was getting, I was getting, ex- I was getting excited by what I was writing as well. So I was like walking down the street going, Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> and, and, it, and it worked out. I feel like you, sometimes you just have to trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, Obviously, like again, from seeing you live, like you you talk about it, like when you're on stage, and again, you you were kind enough to sort of uh, lead to it when I sort of put the questions uh, to you before this. But you said like one of the kind of I, I guess like main focuses, but things that you do talk about quite a lot is is mental health and things like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously, please feel free to uh, elaborate as much or as little as you want yeah, on, yeah. on this kind of thing. But with that, obviously, seems to be like a big thing for you and stuff yeah, like that. So, absolutely. and you've already said that like music is a big outlet for like and like sort of negative energy and, and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you find that music has kind of helped you with balancing your your mental health? And because you've got that like avenue to to yeah. maybe like vocalize it in not such a way of like us having a conversation that you found that's maybe maybe helps it in the long run sort of thing yeah definitely i think i think again i think it, it works the same way as somebody who goes to shows and uh, you know loves going to live shows and loves moshing to hardcore music because it's like there's a bit of a physical release and anything like i think as much as listening to heavy music can be cathartic for some people to be able to go from a point where not only am i listening to it because it's like it, it, it you know it kind of helps to kind of release through these emotions but performing it and writing it especially by putting 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 my words to these songs uh, like with meaning has, has been massive help in the long because there's nothing like playing a show at the end of the week when we've all had a stressful week and we all just would be like right i can't wait to just smash this set yeah you know? and like and like you, you do really stress through through it like and um with mental health uh, over the years like my own my own personal journey and battle again i feel like i see so many you know constantly day to day like you see so many people afflicted by mental health and i think especially again in, in like the hardcore scene and the alternative scene there's a lot of people who struggle well mm. you know there's, there's people constantly struggling and they do find a home or a safe space in heavy music to go and blow off some steam or you know, go and hang out with friends and see some heavy music, and it's it's um, that I'm grateful for the fact that performing it has become an even bigger source of me releasing these negative emotions and feelings, and mm. doing it with friends, doing it with friends as well. You know, like I say, even down to like 
to uh, lyrical content these days, I have the input from other members of Going Off where it'd be like, you know, what do you want me to write about? What do you want to hear a song about? What do you want us to get said? It's not it's not just me now processing like my own mental health and my own things. We all have it. We all use it as a, a platform. And like I can say more so, I try and make it more so these days accessible for other people to be like, I relate to that. You know, I want people yeah. to listen to it and, and like be like, yeah, you know, I understand what's being said and I want to shout that back at this guy as well. <laughs> I think that's like what's going to be my next point is that I think when I was sort of like younger and kind of getting into hardcore, like there, there were some bands that were like talking about it and it was in their lyrics and stuff, but it wasn't like, I guess maybe like as overtly like spoken about as it is nowadays. And yeah, yeah. obviously like back in like the early 2000s, it was very much like there was still the kind of like macho sort of mm. like um, stereotype within hardcore and stuff. Yeah. But like, I think now that there is this like really nice like wave of bands that are like talking about mental health and are talking about queerness and are talking about, mm -hmm politics and talking about all these different things yeah so i don't know like has that kind of been something that you've always wanted to have like at the forefront of what going off has been about or is that kind of just naturally progressed to be as you say because it's your outlet that that's just what naturally has come out on paper i think i think over time i think at first like the first going off stuff it was written about you know, whatever I felt like. And and I feel like, I think back to all the other songs I've written in other bands as well. And I think it was always like, in Embrace the Tide, I wrote a song that was about my father. Because uh, mm. I, I, I didn't grow up with uh, my father around and he was uh, he was a violent man, an abusive man and, and stuff. So like, I wrote a song in Embrace the Tide that was, again, for me, a release or like me getting a chance to say the things I'd never get to say. Um, and with starting writing with going off, I think, you know, again, the, there were a few different themes of this thing. There's some concepts, ideas, this thing, but I did start, the more we wrote, the more I started realizing. I think that's where, I think that's especially where the punk, you know, I really find that the punk aspect comes in, you know, punk, all these punk bands are so vocal uh, about things that people should be vocal about. Like, yeah, all the, all the, especially like, I find that the punk scene embraces us even more so than any of the hardcore scene. And because, again, of the things we do talk about, we are openly talking about. And I think like it's, it's the punk side of it that I enjoy more, so, more than anything else because you know, building these safe spaces for everybody and being uh, being inclusive of people from all walks of life is so important to us. And I think the more we started playing punk shows and the more we started actually being, it started being noted that we had a song about this or a song about this, the more I was like, that for me was like, yeah, good. Like, you know, we're writing about things that actually are important, you know, and and, and then so from there, it's like that re reaffirms the fact that that's stuff we should keep writing about. That's stuff that we should keep talking about. You know, there's no point stopping like what we've started, you know, mm. start as you mean, start as you mean to go on and keep talking about the things that need to be talked about and keep, and keep, uh, keep being vocal about these matters because, 
people need to be and i think yeah. it's a great platform it's a really great platform to do it um mm. i think and i think it you know and knowing that we've had people i've had people you know tell us that it means a lot you know uh, even like even talking about things like trans rights and stuff like yeah we, we, our own guitarist his daughter you know is, is a trans woman and Mm. It was. It's so important to him. So you know, you see these people. We see these people very close to home affected by these things. So I think it was only after we wrote "Destroy." That was like a concept thing about several different ways to destroy yourself. And I think that for me then was like that's a big mental health one boxed off. And then yeah, I was, yeah. I, I still find you know I still write some songs and I like talk about certain aspects of mental health, but for the most part, trying to constantly challenge myself to write about. Uh, relevant subject matters and uh, current topics, and keep mm. ed- also through doing that, keep educating ourselves. Like you know, yeah, make, yeah. Us, make us read up on things and be more aware of what's going on in the world. It's important, and I think that's the thing. Is like not to kind of now put it all about me, but like that's kind of where I'm no. at now. But like with this new band, is like I was very conscious of like my position as like a white person but Mm -hmm. also like my position as a queer person as well and I want to like use that as as a platform to sort of like promote that like message and things and talk about those things but as you say like also trying to keep my finger on the pulse of like everything else that's happening in the world yeah and and shit like that my own my only advice would be don't overthink or don't over worry too much just like because because I think it's also easy. Like, there's been a lot of times where I've been like, "Buddy, hell, there's so much stuff that I want to be talking about," <laughs> yeah. and it's like, you know, is it going to be bad if I don't? You, you can't. I don't think you can overthink or worry too much. I think as long as you you're doing the right, you know, you're doing what's right by yourself and you, what makes you proud and what you want to speak about, and also as long as you're, if that's what you want to do, you're making the effort to consciously do that. Then yeah, that's the yeah. least you can, the least you can do, and that's the thing. The more you. I think the more you actively write this kind of material, the more comfortable you get writing more and more. And that's the thing. And then the more and more you're right as well. There's there's so much music, you know, that like I aim to create, and through that, I hope to write, you know, loads and loads and loads of like important messages. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's all you can strive to do. You can't you can't worry about making sure that you've talked about everything in, in, a, in a five you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. five track ep you know um have or you know em, em, kind of embrace it and have fun with it and get creative with it is the main thing i think yeah, like, yeah definitely it, it, it's it's fun to it's great to be writing about these important messages uh and it's great to have a platform to put them out on yeah but also but also You've also got to enjoy writing the music as well and performing it, and it's, and singing it's got to mean something to you as well. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just gonna backtrack a little bit. So you've kind of you kind of said like when going off sort of started, like you guys didn't really necessarily know each other like overly well, but it was just sort of a collection of people that wanted to sort of create this music. So how did you kind of like yeah. come to sort of like I guess form the band? And like, what was the kind of initial sort of, I guess, blueprint for what got going off was going to be in this in this like embryonic yeah. stages? It was. I was in America selling merch for a friend's band, uh, band called Dayseeker, and as I was in America, I was on Instagram 
And I saw a girl that I knew in Manchester share a post saying, like, hey, my friend Bob is looking for a vocalist for his band going off. So the band already had a name, which drew me to it because I was just like, that's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I reached out whilst I was in America to Hef. I don't know, I think a group track got made. And so all the other guys kind of, I could say, some of them knew each other back in high school. Some of them had been with each other. Uh, Hef and Nate, they've been in a band with each other many years ago. They all kind of knew of each other, and somehow it came about that they were just like, hey, we want to give this hardcore band a go. Do you want to front it? I was like, I was, I was dying to get back into music. It's, yeah. been quite a few, it's been quite a few years of me not performing, and I jumped at the chance. And the thing is, it was one of those, like, I didn't even know whether it was going to be, you know, talented musicians that say that i just <laughs> yeah. i just i bit the bullet and was just like i i want to be active in something and i thankfully i landed in a band with packed with talent and again packed with people that have all got the shit together and they're all really on top of their own you know playing they've all got their lives together they're all like they all work really hard and they all work really hard to make going off what it is but we um the blueprint initially was i remember going down to practice i'm trying to think back and i think i think i'd been sent some videos with just guitar and drums and i had to write something to that and then i think we did one practice and then we went to record the demo we just oh, wow. like for, yeah yeah we, i think we so a lot of that demo when we recorded the first demo a lot of that was the first time we'd actually played through those songs and those guys just played them and then i recorded the vocals in like one take and that's the first none of them had heard what any of the lyrics or anything were we were just right. like they just trusted me to put it to, to record it we got a mix back the next day and we just dropped it and we were just like hey. so the blueprint there was no specific blueprint i think we it's only just more so recently that we've really kind of the blueprint we know now is is kind of set we know yeah. that we like heavy contrast in songs we like short songs we like fast slow or slow fast like ben loves to write abrasive fast quick changes and like have like high contrast in his music and Hef loves to have fast punky elements, you know. Make sure you keep 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 it punky at heart, but then we just love to have flash flashes of really heavy beatdowns and whatnot. Uh, and but we've kind of grown into knowing that that's how we write now. Yeah. At the yeah. start, at the, at the start, it was it's always been Ben and Hef write the drums and guitar. Then I start adding vocals, and the rest kind of gets fleshed around it. Yeah. But for the very the very first. Uh, demo was just kind of five musicians coming together and being like right let's just all individually add our own bits and see how it turns out that's cool and then so in terms of like i guess because obviously this year like as you say you've, you've been sort of getting out a lot more and sort of doing more shows and things and uh, obviously like the, had the announcement with um church road and stuff but Obviously, you, like Destroy came out, and then the the self uh, titled EP as well, and things like that. Mm. So, was there a point when you kind of like realized? Because I think like I'd seen the name going around a little bit, and because I don't know how, but me and Nate were like Instagram friends for like mm -hmm. ages before we actually met. 
So obviously yeah. I'd seen like the band through Nate as well, but like, yeah. So it was a name that I kind of seen like a lot before I I actually saw you live. Mm-hmm. But like, was was there a point when you guys kind of realised like, oh, okay, like there's people that are paying attention to us and want to see this live. So was there a moment that you realised like, oh, okay, this has got momentum behind it. Let's run with it. I think. I think. No, there's never been a point where we've like, oh, wow, there's momentum, let's go now. Yeah. I think we've been we've been kind of running with it since day one. Like, there's there's never been a point, like, don't get me wrong, now, now is a point where we realise, now we're with, obviously, we're with Church Road Records, now we've got this album release, you know, on the horizon. Now is where we're like, okay, we know that there's some momentum there, let's keep running with it, let's keep up the hard work, essentially. Yeah. But for the most part, like I say, we, we, we got in to the studio and we did that first demo. We dropped it. And when I remember when we dropped it, weirdly enough, I think, I can't remember, I think it was No Echo. Uh, it was like an online blog for hardcore. Yeah, yeah. They, shared, they, they shared it. And then I had a few people inbox me saying that they listened to it on Bandcamp. And I remember being more surprised by that. And again, it probably was just like... A few of us posted on our socials. Thankfully, a few of us have been in bands before, so people may have known of us being active in other things. But we actually, even from the first demo, I got hit up by a few friends who were like, wow, like, great, great release. And I was like, cool. And then we, it was only in lockdown. We, we played one show before COVID hit, and that was really ropey. We were the first on in, it was first, we were the first on in an all day in Huddersfield. And but I think it was great for us to dust the cobwebs off, yeah, cobwebs yeah. off with each other. And then COVID hit, so we through lockdown we were tracked down, uh, destroy. And then it was after COVID that we started playing, and we well, I think one of our first shows was with Grand Collapse in Gulliver's in Manchester. And yeah, there was a few, a few notable people from the punk scene in Manchester who saw us play, and there I think it was that that was a key moment there where it was like we started getting gig offers again and again and again because of, uh, again, because of word of mouth at the live show. And, and I think that's really what's transcended everything is that the word of mouth is, it's like, it's good to go and see you going offline. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, going off, go off. Like yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it, it is, it's, it's the one thing that, again, I think it, people can listen to the recording, but, seeing it live is a different ballpark because mm. uh, you feel the energy that we're giving it. And yeah. I know, I know for everybody in the band, we, we, we look forward to playing it live because we, it is such a good uh, outlet for us all. Um, but there's, we've, I think we've been working like this from the get go and people quite often do say to me, like, you know, you guys are always working hard and stuff, but it's, I guess like, you know, alongside all of our nine to five jobs and whatnot, like this is our passion project, you know. We yeah, and, and yeah. this is our this is our baby, and, and it is the first. There's been a few other bands I've been in where again I, I've started notes and traction build, but this now has been the first band where it's kind of happened organically that we've built this momentum. I don't think that we've we're trying we're not trying too hard to have like this person like you know online persona and blah blah blah. We just we've had our Instagram, we've. Thankfully, I've got Lauren, who obviously you know she's done so much photography for us. Yeah, yeah. It's just, just, for, and I think that's really helped us as well. Having live photography documented at so many points, people have seen like these images of us playing live, and that's helped build this idea that it's just like going off for a one you want to see on a bill, going off for a band you want to get live. So now, yeah, the, the, I know that the momentum is really here now. 
but we've we've kind of just been doing this from from day one. Yeah, and I and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I, I I spend most of my time around work thinking about going off with that. Yeah, yeah. I just love it. I just love it so much, and I love the I love the guys so much. Like really do love what we do, and obviously I do want it to. Now I'm at the point where it's like after all this hard work, I do want to be a success. Like I do want it to be a success. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of like what my next question was going to be. Like because as you say, it's kind of happened very sort of like organically and naturally but like you alluded to earlier like with the the record you you wanted to shop her around you wanted to get the best possible yeah. exposure for the band so i guess because there has been that sort of natural momentum to it has that kind of maybe made you refocus of like what you want going off to, yeah. to be like i'm not saying like you're gonna like all of a sudden you're all going to quit your day jobs and make going off your full-time thing. But, but have you had conversations a bit more of like, Oh, okay, no, we want to do a week long tour. We want to do Europe. We want to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. When we started. So obviously the thing is with, with the album, we started recording it and we started putting in all the heft, started picking out all these samples for it. And as it was coming together in, like in the recording, we were, you know, we kind of sat back and we already had, we had Patient Zero in America who put out Destroy for us on Vine. Yeah. And he was more than happy to do this next release. But I knew that I was just like, look, we've worked too hard on this album to rush releasing it uh, or release it through Patient Zero and kind of have it fall on deaf ears. You know, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's, it is more so about getting the music out. But if Ben... And Hef originally had it their way. It would have been out months and months and months ago, but it would have, <laughs> yeah. but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have had the same, it wouldn't have had any traction to it. And I knew that like, it, like I say, when we first spoke to church and they were like July, 2023, we were like, Oh my God, that's insane. But now more so I understand that having patience is, is, is a part of the game. Like it, it's so important to do that because if we didn't, we wouldn't be reaching a wider audience. And, mm. As far as as far as it goes, like as we've got more and more serious, obviously the conversations have come up more and more because none of us are in a position to leave. Ben, uh, head honcho, Ben is he, he owns seven businesses. He runs seven different businesses. Oh wow! He is. Uh, we don't hear from him through most of the week, really, because he's so 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 busy. He works like tirelessly. And then again, like this, this is what I feel like reminds me of like why I'm blessed to be in this band is like he alongside doing all of that, this is his band and like this is yeah his yeah. So again, it reminds me of like how hard we all work to make sure going off like the music's good and we're like we play well live and blah 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 is it is a huge passion project for everybody to play in. The more so when we got avocado, when we managed to get avocado booking, one of the one of the clinchers was are you happy to go and play Europe? Like we, we want you to, you know, obviously we only take on artists if they're willing to build a, an audience in Europe. Yeah. So we had to have that conversation. And again, cause we all work. It's a case of like, everyone has to like look around and be like, right. Do I have enough holiday to use? How much yeah, holiday yeah. am I going to have to have? But everybody's on the same page. Like we, 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 we had to be like, yeah, of course. Uh, I think for the most part, like Ben said, the longest tour we can do is like two weeks. So like yeah. two weeks in Europe. And so, but still, it's like we are willing to 
we are definitely willing to um, bend as much as we can to make sure that going off, especially around this album release and whatnot, you know, we do as much as we can and we're active as, as much as we can. Mm. We, uh, no, we, I don't, I would love to just quit my job and, and do it full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 you can't help but feel it is a bit of a pipe dream, you know, it, it would be, it would be so much work to have the band bring in enough income for everybody to live, live off it. But, yeah. but if we can at least, I, I'm more than comfortable with the idea of having going off as a perfect side hustle, a long time, my full time job as well. And that's, that's all I want. I want yeah. to be able to smash my day job and then outside of it, have going off be everything I've wanted it to be and more, you know, and yeah. just enjoy the ride, you know, enjoy the ride with it for the most part. Yeah, it's not about you know. I'm not looking for fame. We're not looking for like to be to necessarily. We don't want to necessarily be big. But if I can, if I can have it, you know, with a wider audience and we can make a bigger name for ourselves, then obviously, like, I'd be over the moon to do so. Yeah, yeah, and just to kind of touch upon the the live side of things again, like, so you mentioned obviously like when you were kind of like first sort of doing stuff, like you were fortunate enough to have like Lauren documenting a lot of stuff. But yeah, then obviously you're then doing like out of town stuff and, and so on and so forth. And you, but I think you put it perfectly earlier is that like, when you get on stage personally, like you're an absolute psychopath, like you, <laughs> but, and I think it's really, it's really interesting. Cause like, obviously the first time I saw you guys was at like repent fest. And like, I, I, as I said, I knew Nate, but I didn't know the rest of you, but then mm-hmm. like, I had an interaction with, with half and I had an interaction with you we spoke at Outbreak and obviously saw you guys at, at the Sheer Terror show. And like, mm-hmm. and obviously this conversation now, I hope it comes across to people that are listening. You're a very like lovely down to earth guy, <laughs> but then you get you on stage and you're like completely switch your persona. Yeah. It, so it, you, it is a... For you, like, I don't know, do you kind of have to get in that headspace or is it just quite like an easy switch? I've had, I've had to say it to Lauren recently before. Like, I think, Obviously, I have nerves. I still like for the, I, I'm not so much these days. I'm not so much nervous because I do gig quite a lot, and I'm starting yeah. to train. I'm starting to try and own a bit more confidence in the fact that as long as I do, as long as I have fun and I relax and I'm confident with it, I know what I'm comfortable in, like in a performance. But sometimes it is a kind of a headspace thing. I have to kind of mentally prepare myself. That sheer terror one was a real difficult one because we we hit traffic. Me and Nick, our bassist. And we pulled up 10, 15 minutes before we were on set. Like we were yeah, playing yeah. the set. And I was, usually I like a bit of time, you know, it's like I can kind of transition into like, right now I'm ready to go on stage and just go nuts. Yeah. But that was like, get there, say hi to everyone, get on the stage, limber up a bit and go. But it also, <laughs> yeah. it, it forced me to realise that it's like, I don't think I necessarily have to worry too much about going into headspace. I think I do like to try and, prepare myself and get in the zone yeah for the most part it's more just like flicking a switch you know it's like like you say i I, what i do one of the things i've noticed over the years which i do enjoy is sometimes people don't even really recognize me people will be like i've got a couple of colleagues coming to the show we're playing in manchester next week and they're all excited and I've had colleagues at old jobs come before and they like they say like, you know, you, they work with me every day and then they see me play a show and it's like, who is, who is that? Yeah, Where's yeah, that yeah. come from? And I've had it in a few other bands. When we did this tour in my old band Heritage with Dayseeker, we, we toured around Europe. It took them two or three shows to realise I was the vocalist because 
<laughs> I would I would have my glasses and a beanie hat on, obviously off stage, and then on stage I'd have like a long I'd like a long fringe and it would obviously do all my weird things and it would be like it would be like almost like a disguise like I'd get off I put my glasses and my hat back on and put my hoodie on and and it's like guy incognito no one really knew who I was um I I've had that quite a lot like, like say I think but I also kind of enjoy that element I, I like surprising people I like I like to speak to people before or after the show and they'd be like how is this the same guy that yeah 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 but that that for me like I say speaks volumes in itself as it is when I get up on stage, I am switching that on because that is my release of so much. And I think yeah. even in, do, in doing that switch, it's part of like what I'd say is my performance is that I've become, I, I kind of like switch to a different, like put myself in a different mindset and a different mood. Mm. But more so, I'm not having to overthink it too much these days. I try and have fun. And, and like I say, just more so flick a switch. Yeah. I, I, have, I have spent a lot of time where I've been like, I really need to think about it. But now I'm just trying to like speak to everyone before I set, relax, have fun, and then get on the stage and surprise everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's the thing, like at that Sheer Terror show, I think there was a, because there's a lot of older heads in that room. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. they were very much like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's mad. There's a, there's a lot of like again, even old older older punk heads in Manchester. Again, quite often they come up and they usually got beer in hand and they're like, "Yeah, you, you look like you're having fun there, mate." <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I always am. Uh, and but they're always everyone's always so, especially a lot of these older punk heads. They're always so pleasant and they're always they're always giving so many compliments. Usually, like I don't know, I I kind of had this idea that when we started doing it older older punks and stuff might be like oh you know this is this is too much or too abrasive but actually everyone's so open to it and i think i think people quite often find it like a breath of fresh air especially on like punk punk shows like recently like that there were older guys coming up or like older heads coming up to us and just being like oh i really i thoroughly enjoyed that you know and i and also people saying like they love watching is entertaining to watch the performance yeah right? yeah because this is it we play shows where there's moshing and we know that those heavy bits are there for people to flail their limbs around but then when people aren't moshing and it's more just like people focusing or banging their heads you want to have make sure that people are enjoying what they're seeing like i want to yeah, make yeah. sure that it i want to make sure that whether people are moshing or not the by the end of the set people still thought wow you were bringing the energy yeah and just before I kind of let you go, Jake, obviously, like as you say, got new record coming out pretty soon. But obviously, from like the pandemic to now, mm-hmm. obviously, you've as I said, like you mentioned, track and destroy. You had the the self title, and now this this new record coming out, and you've already kind of alluded to Ben like writing other stuff as well. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you, is it just the fact that you guys are like? in that groove at the moment that the things do are coming so naturally and so quickly sort of thing it's 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 not it's it's a bit it's a bit natural and it's also a bit like right let's crack on like yeah i don't don't want i don't want anything to become stagnant and i like to like for me one of the most exciting parts is seeing it all come into fruition like having something that starts off as an idea as a riff adding my lyrics and then we like we'll 
jam that and record and then recording that and then people hearing the flow and then taking that to the studio like take say if that was the demo we take that to the studio hearing it all be fleshed out is the most exciting part for me like the end product is is you know is if, when the end product is something you can sit back and be like wow like that is insane Mm. that's great that's great but for me the most exciting part and i think the most exciting part for everyone in going off is the writing process yeah and ben was someone that really first instilled it onto us like and it's like i say before i try not to overthink lyrics too much these days is if something feels good and it sounds good and if i like leave it for a day and i come back to it the next day and it still feels good and sounds good then i box it off and i move on to the next one and that's like again once the album was tracked and recorded ben just went straight into writing it was like cool on to the next thing yeah so just gotta keep it keeps it keeps us on our toes it keeps us in practice and it keeps it keeps that momentum going because i think once that momentum dies off you know that's when things slow down or that's when that's when we get bored or that's when you know people start getting disinterested and, yeah, and none yeah. of us want not, none of us want that it needs to be exciting for us so you know the momentum is just it, it's it's relentless but i wouldn't have it any other way like I, I i can't wait to get working on new going off like i yeah, can't like yeah. I, 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 like like even the fact the fact that we've got these eight it's like eight or nine tracks and this baritone stuff all the lyrics are ready we're tracking it in january so we're already recording the next thing. It might not be going off. It might be a, under a side project name. Yeah. But it will. It's it's easily like the heaviest. I I think it's it's starting to. I'm starting to really see how we write together become a really good formula. And yeah. so through with that, I'm like, we're all really excited to write the next going off as well. Like it's yeah. just we're, just, we're constantly thinking about the next move. We've got to. I think. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it's really important yeah well i guess on that like as you say so i guess in the immediacy of like what's in the public eye obviously you've got the record coming out but is there anything else that like people should be keeping their eye out for anything that you can share that that is coming up in the immediate future for going off more so shows i guess we've got we've managed to secure some good shows around uh the album release period um managed to secure some really good shows that we're excited about the start of next year is looking busy busy yeah. busy for us and again wouldn't have it any other way i'm really grateful for that um and we'll just be working on the next stuff as well just keep an eye out for the shows and keep an eye out for new music in the future i mean thankfully we've got this whole album to look forward to yeah go to them but i know within the next year we will attract one at least if not one then two records we'll, we'll have two yeah <laughs> that's just yeah. insane <laughs> yeah gotta be done fair, fair. right jake before i do let you go how i end the show is i like to ask my guests what their favorite song is but with a bit of a twist so what's your favorite going off song that you like to play live and why um favorite going off song i like to play live why self-hatred um because right before we play it, I've got a thing now where instead of introducing song, I just go, ah, oh, fucking hate myself, self hatred, and then <laughs> and then we just kick it and we just kick into it. But um, no, I, I love that song, and it's not because I actually do fully hate myself. But, um, <laughs> it is that it's just my favourite song to play. Really, yeah. really is. Yeah. perfect well jake thank you very much for your time really appreciate it thanks so much tim um i'm looking forward to hearing the, the full record in in full and 
I'm sure our paths will cross again at some point. Oh, definitely. I can't wait. And give my love to, to Lauren. I've probably kept you away from her for way too long. <laughs> oh, she'll be fine. She won't mind. Thank you so much. No we'll worries, be speaking bud. to you, dude. Take care. Bye. So there we go, folks. Uh, Again, a massive, massive thank you to Jake for taking some time out of uh, his evening to have a little chat with me. As always, you can keep up to date with what Going Off are doing on all their various social media platforms and obviously through Church Road Records with the record coming out very, very soon. Um, As Jake alluded to, I think next year is going to be a busy year for them again. So if you have the opportunity to go see them live, then I highly recommend it. They they just put on such a sick show. and as always, I'll put links in description in the description of this show. Um, oh, I completely forgot to say, fucking outbreak. Obviously, there was you got our live reaction to to the outbreak lineup uh, in the episode. But honestly, if anyone's fucking bagging on that lineup, go fuck yourselves. Like that lineup is sick as fuck, and I cannot wait for outbreak twenty twenty three. So if you're going, holler. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun. Um, but for now, whether this is the first time you're checking out the Justin Insight podcast or the 226th time, thank you for stopping by and I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.